Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. Can I tell you this morning, if you're a father, if you're a father, a dad, grandfather, You want to see God move in your family. You want to see God touch your family. I'm going to invite, I want to, I want to come down here this morning. I want you to come down here this morning. I believe that God is do, going to do a work in men. I believe we're about to see some men that are going to stand up in their living room and begin to declare, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I believe God's about to raise up. Hold, hold up just a minute. Wait, wait just a minute. Listen. Just a few minutes ago, I was standing down there waiting to come up here. And the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart about Gideon in the book of Judges. The Bible says that Gideon, the, the children of Israel, were dominated and controlled by the Midianites. That every crop they would plant, the Midianites would come in and rob them of their harvest. They were in starvation. They were in desperate need. But the Bible says that Gideon, and, and we don't have any record or any scripture that lets us know that Gideon had previously been praying, seeking God, asking God for a move or anything like that. Gideon just appears in the Bible. And he appears hiding in the wine press, fleshing out grain, hiding it from the enemy. I want to tell you something, sir, and I speak this, I believe, by the authority of God, that God is saying to me this morning that, that he is tired of seeing you having to hide while you try to protect your family from the enemy. But Gideon was there, and, and the Bible says that the angel of the Lord just appeared out of nowhere. Just like on a Sunday morning, when you thought that you were coming to see a baby dedication or a baptism, or you thought you were just going to come and walk in and, 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 and experience a service and go back home, but out of nowhere, out of nowhere, the angel of the Lord appeared. And he appeared to a man that was scared, that was in bondage, that was in captivity, that was hurting and broken. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said this, Gideon, you are a mighty man of 
valor. See, now I don't know. You might have read the latest novel by Stephen King, and it touched your life. But I'm not talking about a novel by Stephen King. I don't even know who he is. It just it sounded good. So I'm talking about the Word of God. And I'm telling you this morning that when that angel spoke to him, he was a no good, scared, running man father that was scared to death that was hiding trying to make a living for his family but when the Lord sent an angel and spoke to him and said Gideon you are a mighty man of valor there was something that took place in the spirit realm and from that moment on Gideon began to rise up that little frail scared man became a warrior for the Lord Jesus Christ he can't, he, listen he didn't need any more run from the enemy but the enemy ran from him and I'm telling you this morning sir that God brought you here today for me to tell you that you are a mighty man of valor and quit bowing down and, and, and being fearful of what the world calls you because God looks at you and says you are a mighty man of valor and I've called you this day to rise up and lead your family and be a warrior that will take the authority in your home. Let me get up here so I can see. Listen. I'm not an angel. My wife thinks I am. But I'm not an angel. But I am a man of God. I was Gideon at one time. And just like that, God spoke into my life. In a moment, God took an old boy that was timid shy, didn't talk to nobody, didn't want anybody talking to him. And in about three seconds, in a church in Washington County, standing behind the pulpit, scared to death, didn't know who I was, but in about three seconds, when I opened my mouth, God came through the power of His Holy Spirit Hallelujah. and radically changed my life. My voice changed. The projection of my voice exploded. There was an authority that rose up in me that I had never, ever experienced I was changed literally into a new person. So much to the point that my wife was sitting in the audience. And in the, in the two or three seconds that that took place, her mouth dropped open and her eyes got real big because she had never seen me like that. Why am I saying that? 
I'm saying, friend, that you will never get to the place to where you deserve the blessing of God. But all you've got to do is just receive what God wants to give you. How many of you want to say, God, I want to be that man of valor. I want to be that one. I want to be that one that will stand up and stand in for my family. I want to be the one that will fight hell and fight every demon that comes along and, and destroy the works of the enemy on, on, by, on behalf of my family. I want to be that man. If that's you, would you lift up your hands? These are going to be simply words to some. But, but to some, it's going to be an injection of the anointing in your spirit that's going to radically change you. you. Listen, and don't think you, well, when it happens, I'm going to start jumping and shouting and screaming. No, you might. But this is going to be a slow soak into your spirit. You understand what I'm saying? Father, in the name of Jesus. These men wouldn't be up here today if they wasn't hungry. They wouldn't be up here this morning if they didn't believe that you are the God who will go good on your promise. They wouldn't be up here today, Father, if they didn't need a radical transformation in their lives. So, Father, we come now in the name of Jesus, and we just simply speak over their lives. You, sir, are a mighty man of valor. You, sir, are a mighty man of valor. We catch way more than we're taught meaning this that when you get in an atmosphere like this where the anointing of God is moving the anointing just like a fog settles on you you don't even realize it you don't even think anything happened all of a sudden next week you're off doing something on your job at your house and all of a sudden, wow. You realize God has done showed up. We're fixing to have baptism. But I want to... I want to say this, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit down and get out of the way. You can, you can go back to your seat if you can. If you can't, stay where you are.
I was in prayer this week. By the way, let me say this. I so much appreciate all of you. We have people out here at midnight on Friday night that are praying. Are y'all still doing that? Yeah. Midnight on Friday night, praying, seeking God. These young guys are praying. Ladies are praying. There are people that are here at 8 o'clock on Sunday morning covering this place with prayer, interceding, and praying for God to move. And this is what we're seeing. Lives are being changed and, and being restored. And I appreciate that. And I don't take it for granted. So thank you uh, for praying and thank you for interceding. And I've, I've been sharing this off and on the whole month of January. But I've got this feeling in my spirit that I really haven't gotten the, the specifics yet. But there's a feeling in my spirit that something is about to shift. I don't know if it's going to be in McCullough Christian Center or I don't know if it's going to be in our nation. But something is about to shift and it's going to be a shift that we will know when it happens. And so there's a there's a there's an excitement in my spirit, but there's an uneasiness in my spirit. And I'm not trying to depress you. I've learned that when these things happen that I rejoice because I know that God won't leave his people in the dark. God will always shine light on things that he's about to do or he will shine light on what the enemy's about to do. But either way, whether it's the enemy's trying to do something or whether it's, it's God is about to do something, either way it goes, you and I have to be in position to catch it. We've got to be in position that we know what God is about to do and we have to have our vessels open and ready to receive because listen, when God begins to do what he's going to do, it's going to be too late to run and prepare. It's going to be too late to run and try to read up on, on your scriptures and try to uh, brush up on your warfare. When, when the alcoholics and the drug addicts and, 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 and the uh, adulterers and, and the broken masses of people begin to run in the doors of this church, ladies and gentlemen, it'll be too late for you to run to the back and say, I need to brush up on my warfare strategy. So we're in a season right now where God is saying, prepare, prepare, prepare. Get ready, get ready. Because I really believe there's things that are going to happen, but I really believe that God is about to do something in this place. And so we've been on this, this series, you might say, 
for the past several weeks during the month of January where we've been fasting and praying and seeking God uh, to consecrate ourselves to Him. We have one more week. Next week, seven days. Next Sunday will be the last day of our fast. While some of you are rejoicing, it's been one of the greatest, one of the most powerful times in my life in a long time because I've experienced God's power and God's anointing in such a fresh and new way. So it lets me know that God is preparing those who are willing to let Him prepare them. God is saying, get ready because there's something coming down the road that you are going to be released and the anointing in you is going to be needed. So I want to share this with you this morning and I'm going to, I'm going to get out of the way so that we can baptize. I was reading uh, the other day in Revelation chapter 3. And I was reading about the church of Laodicea. The church of Laodicea, I believe, is the church that represents the age that we're in right now. I believe the church of Laodicea is the church that represents uh, the things that are going on in the church as a whole right now. It's the church that, that the Lord spoke to and said, you're neither cold nor hot, you're lukewarm. And because you're lukewarm, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. Now, of course, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking about uh, the other church. No. I'm talking about us. But here's the thing that Holy Spirit brought out to me. And I want to, I want to read it to you. It's in Revelation chapter 3. 14, 15, and 16 is the angel of the Lord speaking to the, to the church of the Laodiceans. It's about God asserting who He is. He is the Amen. He is the faithful and true witness. He's the beginning of the creation of God. And He says this about the church. He says, I know your works, that you're neither cold nor hot. I would you were either cold or hot. So then because you're lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. So that's what God said was wrong with the church. Now I'm not, I'm not beating you today, understand. I'm not telling you that you're neither cold nor hot. I want you to understand it's this next statement that the Lord centered my focus on. It's the first three words in verse 17. Because thou sayest. That's, new, that's King James Version. Because thou sayest. The English Standard Version, Version says it like this. For you say. For you say. For you say. Because thou sayest. For you say. In other words, what the angel was saying is that you say this. God has said this in, in verses uh, 14 through 16, God said this, but this is what you say. And so what I want to leave with you this morning is this. God revealed to this church some things that were going wrong and some things that were wrong in the lives of the people of that church. But their response was, because you say. They said that we are, we are rich 
we have need of nothing. We're increased with goods. And we have need of nothing. And I know you're saying, well, Pastor, why, how in the world can you come up with something like this after we've had such an awesome worship service? It goes back to that one. Because I know this morning there's, there's, there's one, maybe more, in this, in this building this morning that Holy Spirit's been convicting. Holy Spirit's been convicting your life. Holy Spirit's been, been wooing you or calling you and pulling you. And you can't get away from it. You go to work with it. You get up with it. You go to bed with it. It's there. Holy Spirit is pulling you. But you keep saying to yourself, everything is good. I'm good. Everything's fine. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Everything is fine. But yet, Holy Spirit continues to pull you and to woo you. And I'm just going to give you what the Lord gave me. The Lord spoke to me and he said, he said, son, I want you to tell that one. That in the book of Judges, there was a man by the name of Samson. Samson was a great man. He was greatly anointed, greatly used by God. Samson thought that he was invincible. But there was a little woman that proved him otherwise. Delilah proved Samson, proved to Samson that he was not invincible. Samson thought he could do anything. But Delilah proved otherwise. In the New Testament, there was a man by the name of Peter. That Jesus looked at Peter and said, Peter, you're going to deny me three times. Peter looked back at Jesus and said, not so, Lord. I'm willing to go with you to prison and even to death. I would never deny you. But if you read the story about Peter, you'll find that there was a little girl. The Bible calls her a little damsel. A young girl that posed one question to Peter that started the cycle of him denying the very Lord Jesus Christ. See, the Lord spoke to me and he said, be careful what you say about yourself. He said, let him that standeth take heed lest he fall. So I want to ask you this morning, who are you? Who are you? When you looked in the mirror this morning, who did you see? What did you see? Did you see yourself as one who's needing that true, close, intimate relationship with Christ? Or did you see yourself as one who says everything is good, everything is fine? 
If you read on down in that, in the story of the church of Laodicea, it is God's will and God's desire to draw you to himself, to love you and to restore you and renew you. God wants to do a work in your life. God wants to do a work in your family. God wants to do a work in your home. But as long as we say everything is fine, I'm good, we hold God back from doing what he wants to do. Amen? You guys can go ahead and raise the screen. As we prepare for baptism this morning, we've been so blessed the month of January, and I say it every Sunday. We started year, the year 2023 off on New Year's Eve and baptized people on New Year's Eve during our watch night service, and we've been baptizing every Sunday ever since. God is doing a work, whether it's in kids' church or whether it's in our youth or whether it's in the adults, God is doing a work. And I'm so proud this morning for what God is doing with our youth to see these young people making decisions to follow Christ. Brother Pat, turn it over to you, sir. Amen. Can we give God another hand clap of praise? Hallelujah. I like that old hymn that says, what a mighty God we serve. Amen. What a mighty God we serve. You know, we've been praying for revival in our youth group. How many knows our God responds? Amen. How many knows that we serve a God that don't just leave us silent when we ask him something? He responds with an answer. Hallelujah. So this morning I got uh, three, let's see, four of my teens. I'm sorry. Four of my teens from the youth group, amen, we baptized one uh, last week. She's back here right now. She was praying the Holy Ghost fire on them, amen. Hallelujah. How many knows there's no junior Holy Ghost, amen? Jesus said, suffer the little, little children not, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Hallelujah. So today we want to baptize them. And first I'm going to call Ashton up, if she would. Come on, give her a hand clap. So... We was on the way back from Winter Jam on the bus, and uh, I seen her just sitting there, and I seen the glory of God all over her, and uh, it was just something in the atmosphere that just said, Ashton, do you want to give your life to Jesus? And y'all, in that moment, we just left a 10,000 people concert. In that moment on an interstate, Jesus flew into a church bus for this teenager right here. Ashton, you don't have to talk long if you don't want. I just want them to tell you a little bit of what Jesus has delivered you from or what he's done for you, okay? You don't want to? Hey, what, what are some things that he has delivered you from? Okay, she said he's made, you, he's made her happier, all right? Come on, hallelujah. Has he delivered you from depression, suicidal thoughts, anxiety, not feeling good enough? Come on, somebody. That's what Jesus does. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost is about to touch you, Ashton, okay? Church, if you could, let's stretch your hands forward. I want you to pray with me in the spirit, amen? Come on, begin to pray.
confession of faith, giving your heart unto Jesus. By the power and the authority of the Holy Spirit, you have been saved and made whole. And I baptize you right now in the name of God the Father, Jesus, Yeshua the Son, and the power of the Holy Ghost. Come on, give Jesus a shout of praise. Now I'm going to ask Hunter to step up. Amen. Give Hunter a big hand clap. He said he wants to say something. All right. He wants to say one thing, he said. Let's dry your hands off real quick. <laughs> All right. I give him one rule. Don't drop the microphone in the water. Okay. For Jesus and give my life to Jesus. Said he wants to give his life to Jesus. All right, Hunter, real quick. You're, so Hunter's story was that he had a, a very hard catastrophe happen in his family. And um, we know that Hunter's family member is looking upon him today happier than ever before. Hunter, I believe that this is what your dad would want more than anything. I believe God's going to raise this young man up to break generational curses on his family. Amen. You ready, Hunter? Because in him, I see myself a few years ago. I see a young man that wants the things of God, and the world just tries to pull him and pull him and pull him. How many knows that the world goes after those that the enemy is scared of? Amen. If the devil's scared of you, he's going to try to go after you. Right? So, Bowen, you said you want to share a little bit, so I want you to share whatever's on your heart and why you're being baptized today. I was sitting in my room the other night just thinking to myself and I said to myself I said I need to leave some things in the water I need to leave depression anxiety um, fear all that just leave it in the water come on so listen when John was baptizing those in the water and baptizing Jesus it was a symbolization of the old man passing away and the Bible says behold all things was becoming new. The new man was rising in Christ. 
So Bowen's given his life to the Lord. And how many knows that we have step, uh, stumbling blocks in our walk? And he wants to leave these bricks. Listen, I, I, I feel on your shoulders there's bricks, like a worker carrying bricks. I hear God saying as you go into the water, the bricks are going to fall off. Amen? All right. Come on, church. Stretch your hands forward and pray for him this morning. One more, amen. Come on, somebody give Jesus some praise. He said he's going to let me dunk him, amen. So, <laughs> so me, me and Ethan had an agreement. He said he wanted to get baptized, but he was going to dunk himself. I was like, okay, I'm totally fine with that. Jump in the water, the Holy Ghost to dunk you. But he just said he's going to let me dunk him. So I praise God for that. Amen. So we was here one night and the ramp had came. Ethan was standing right over there. And uh, Brian Beasley had called all the teens up. And the Holy Spirit just drew Ethan. And I seen the Holy Spirit doing a work in his life. And on that night, Ethan gave his life to Jesus. Amen. I'm sure his mom can let you know that he is definitely a different person. Am I right, sister? He's a whole different kid, amen? All right, he wants to tell y'all something. What would you say? I said I've been preaching to my friends. I've been going through depression and all that. Depression and all that. He said he's been preaching to his friends that's been going through depression. Hallelujah. All right, we're going to baptize him. Stretch your hands forward, church. Stand with us, please, all over the building. And we were singing that song a while ago about Jesus, my living hope. 
He's the hope for our nation. He's the hope for our communities. He's the hope for your family. And he's the hope for you. We love you guys so much. Thank you for being here this morning. Would you lift up your hands if you, if you can? Father, God, I thank you for your people. I thank you for your bride. I thank you for the beauty of your bride, the purity of your bride. Father, I pray over your house this morning, this body of believers, I speak your blessings over them today. Father, as they leave this building, go wherever they go, whatever they do, Lord, that you would bless them. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for the lives that were touched through baptism. We thank you for those that were touched by the anointing of your Spirit. Bless us today. We'll give you praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. Give somebody a big high five. Say, man, God is good. Look forward to seeing you guys Wednesday night. God bless you.